Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi My name is John Fontaine and welcome back to the Fiqh of Love. Today we're joined again with Dr. Muhammad Salah. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you, John. How's it going? Wonderful. Alhamdulillah. How do you think the series has gone so far? Well, I hope and I pray that First of all, may Allah grant us sincerity and uh, may Allah accept from us. Amen. And it will be very uh, beautiful to learn that from the feedback that the viewers have benefited out of it. Yeah, it'd be nice uh, if, if uh, for those of the, the viewers at home, they can leave their comments. True. And uh, we'd like to have some feedback if that's possible. Yeah. Um, last uh, episode, we were speaking about the rights of the husband and specifically the, the, the status of the husband in the marriage as well as the obedience to the husband. So quickly, just before we move on, I wanted to recap what we were speaking about last episode regarding the obedience of the husband. Let me start off with a very interesting story that I believe it is to assure all the wives that being an obedient uh, wife to the husband does not mean that you are his secretary or his servant or his maid rather it is something before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala greatly appreciated a woman by the name Asba Asma bint Yazid may Allah be pleased with her came to the messenger of Allah peace be upon him and said O Prophet of Allah I'm not here talking on behalf of myself I'm representing a huge number of women all of them agree to what I'm going to say. So I'm speaking on their behalf. He said, go ahead. And there were men attending. She said, Ya Rasulullah, how come men have the privilege of attending the prayer in Jama'ah? And they get the reward of 27 times greater. Men have the privilege of observing jihad. And if they, when they take uh, the, the spoils and Allah rewards them, and if they die, they die as shaheeds. And we look after their children, we upbring them, we take care of them, we guard their money. So we're also doing a great job. Will we share with them their word? Like since without us, they cannot do that. But also they are given some privileges. They are competing with them or they are considering that they are better in respect of doing good deeds. So what about us? So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, before answering, he looked to those who were around him and said, have you ever heard any more eloquent statement than that? She phrased her question in a very eloquent way. Then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and that was like a sign of approval. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, answered in the affirmative. Yes, of course, you will be partners to them and you will share their word. So, according to the statement of the Prophet Wasallam, that when somebody goes to the, join the military, the army, and he's struggling on the battlefield, his wife is sharing him their word, sharing their word with him. When she's staying at home and doing the homework with the kids, and he's going back and forth, attending the jama'ah in the masjid, every footstep he's earning good deeds and erasing some of his sins. She's also sharing with him their word. In another narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya Asma, I want you to convey my message to all the women who sent you, and obviously, to all the Muslim women. Being a good wife, 
to your husband is equivalent a reward to all what you mentioned before. That the men, they go for jama'ah, they observe jihad, they, uh, they do this, and they have money and they give in a charity. Being a good wife, you receive exactly a similar reward, and it is equivalent to all those good deeds that men do and you do not get to do. SubhanAllah. So she turned around, yeah. making tahleel and takbir, wastabsharat. <laughs> La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. She was very happy. So the, the, the questions of the women at the time of the Prophet وسلم, and the Sahabiyat were not about, you know, what about my rights? You know, and complaining about the husbands. Mm -hmm. it, it happened once that uh, a woman came to complain to the Prophet وسلم, about her husband who asked her not to fast. He said, sometimes I'm fasting and he orders me to quit fasting. And sometimes I'm praying and he blames me for praying longer prayer. The Prophet ﷺ called him and he said, why do you do that? That was Safwan ibn Mu'attar. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm a young man. I am a young man. And whenever she fasts, I cannot touch her because she's fasting. So I have some needs. And this is voluntary. And mashallah, every day she's fasting. <laughs> and also, whenever she prays, she recites two long surahs. So the Prophet ﷺ said, well, if it is voluntary fasting, then after you coordinate with him. Mm. And for the prayers, one surah is, is enough. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I want every woman to listen to this sound hadith. Every woman. Our goal, whether a husband or a wife, whether singles or married, the ultimate goal is to enter paradise as Muslims. Mm. Correct? Correct, yeah. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to women, إذا صلت المرأة خمسها وصامت شهرها وأطاعت وحفظت فرجها وأطاعت زوجها قيل لها ادخل الجنة من أي أبوابها شئت and that's a sound hadith whenever a woman just offers the five daily prayers whenever a woman fasts only during Ramadan and she guard her chastity and she obeys her husband, then on the day of judgment, she will be called upon and she will be told, enter Al-Jannah from whichever gate you choose. SubhanAllah, Shaykh. What did she do? As far as the ibadat, the basics, the five daily prayers. As far as the fasting, during Ramadan. But guard your chastity. Make sure that you're a modest woman. And listen to your husband. As long as he's asking you to do something affordable and halal. SubhanAllah. So Allah has made it so so much easier, if you like, for the woman uh, to gain the pleasure of Allah, to get into uh, to paradise. SubhanAllah. But a lot often, because of today's society, especially in the West, with feminism and the likes of... Competition. Yeah, definitely. It's, Fighting. It's, it's compared the yeah. man to the woman or the woman to the man. And wallahi, that is not fair. And it's not fair. It's for unjust. the women. Yeah, and it's unjust because yeah. you've got two different things and you're treating them the same. Exactly. That is not fair for women mm -hmm. whatsoever. Yeah, and, and that's why when, when a woman like that is kind of stubborn and she thinks she's doing the right thing, the, the marriage ends up with divorce. Mm. And then she regrets that a few years later. But yeah. the man is already married. Yeah. Because again, you want to marry somebody who knows already, uh, well, he divorced your first husband mm. or your ex-husband because mm. you wanted to be the driver, mm. uh, the, the, the man in charge. Mm. 
So uh, another man is not interested mm. in, in, in being mm. driven mm. or being uh, given commands or orders by the woman mm. and he knows that he will end up being divorced as well. Sheikh, just before we move on, I wanted to ask you, you know, in this day and age, many people in the West are now moving back to Muslim countries and I'm seeing a lot of issues where the wives will not follow them, you know, to live in another country. You know, does this come under obedience to the husband as well? Should the wife move with the husband? Number one, decisions like that have to be discussed and consulted between both of them. You know, even when it comes to the weaning of the child, Allah Almighty says in the Quran, "In arada fisalan an taradim minhuma wa tashawurin fala junaha alehima." Who's breastfeeding the baby? The wife, mm. not the husband. Mm. Does she have the right just to say, "Enough is enough"? It, now it's already nine months. I'm going to wean him or her. No. Mm. Discuss this matter between both of you. An taradim. Both of them are on the same page and they think, well, it's about time. 18 months is enough. What she says, honey, I'm having, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, my test came back and uh, the hemoglobin is very low and I'm very low in iron and I need this and this and that. I cannot breastfeed anymore. So he says, honey, no problem. Just look for an alternative. Mm. So they decide based on mutual consultation, not unilateral. Mm. So a decision, a huge decision like that, mm. traveling, moving, Mm. Moving from the States, from the UK, living mm. in Morocco, living in Jordan, mm. living, moving to an entirely different society. Mm. Well, well, I want to tell you that, alhamdulillah, I secured the place to live in mm. and I secured the job. Mm. And we have some saving. Mm. So our purpose is to put our kids in schools, Muslim environment, teach them Arabic, teach them mm. the Quran. We too learn, we hear the Adhan, we go to the masjid. Good causes. So she will be on the same page. Mm. But when you show up and you say, guess what? We're leaving next week to Cairo, Egypt. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if she says, well, you can go. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. This is home. Yeah. So taradin wa tashawarin. And if the decision is for the welfare of the entire family, then she must obey him in this regard. But what am I going to do with my friends? Yeah. I like it here. Yeah. It's about the welfare of the entire family. Yeah not the welfare of an individual in the family. Now, in terms of the physical rights of the husband, how does this work uh, in the marriage? I know that most men know by heart many a hadith in this regard and how Allah is very angry with the wife if the husband calls her to bed for intimacy and she refuses mm. and the, the angels will be cursing her until the morning until he's pleased and all of that but I want to take you one step back with the ayah of بالمعروف, so there are mutual rights and obligations for both and over both of them Abu Darda was a very devout worshipper when Salman came to visit him at home, he wasn't there. And that was during the time in the early stage of uh, Medina life mm. where the Prophet made uh, the brotherhood between Al-Ansar and Al-Muhajirin. He made it equivalent to the blood relationship. Mm. So Abu Sufyan was not like a, a, a blood brother mm. to, uh, um, Abu, uh, to Abu Darda. 
But he would visit him and socialize with him, hang around him because they've become brothers in Islam. So when he came once, he didn't find him home. Who opened the door? His wife, Umm Darda. So she was wearing shaggy clothes. She was not really dressed up like, you know, a wife who's anxiously waiting for her husband to come home. The clothes of what we call it the mehna, cleaning up the house and doing the homework and the cooking. She's not taking care of herself. So Salman al-Farisi, may Allah be pleased with her, with, with him, said to Umud Darda, what is wrong with you? Because now he's like, you know, a brother-in-law. Mm. She said, me? It's not me. What is wrong with your brother? Mm. If you want to ask him. Then he waited for him. He figured out that Abu Darda, mashallah, is fasting on every day, praying at night. Mm. So he has no interest in this physical relationship. That's why Umud Darda realized that there is no point of wearing the makeup and adorning mm. myself. And he's not interested. Mm. So he waited for him until he came home. And I think... Uh, you're running out of time for this yep. segment. We can continue the story after the break. And yeah, we'll take a short break and we'll pick that up uh, after the break. Join us after the break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Assalamu alaikum Welcome back to the Fiqh of Love. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, John. Sheikh, just before the break, you was mentioning a beautiful hadith, and we didn't get a chance to get all the benefits from it. Yeah, when, uh, Abu Sa when Salman al-Farisi visited Abu Darda, and he realized that his wife was not taking care of herself, so she shared with him that the man is always in worship, fasting and praying at night, so he's not interested in women. And that's why uh, Salman decided to have a chat with Abu Darda. So when he came, he said that, um, I'm going to eat with you today. He said, but I'm fasting. You go ahead and eat. He said, but I'm your guest. you got to break your fast. So he made him break his fast, and he ate with him. Mm. And then they prayed Maghrib and Isha, and uh, at night, he said, I'd like to spend the night in your place. And he spent the night with him. Abu Darda made wudu and he said, Allahu Akbar, he was going to pray the night prayer from the beginning of the night. MashaAllah. But Abu, his friend Salman al-Farisi, his brother said, Abu Darda, I want you to go back to sleep. He said, I'm going to pray. He said, just go to sleep. So he went to sleep. After a while, he got up and he wanted to pray. Salman again said, Abu Darda, go back to sleep. He wanted him to have rest. Then when it was before Fajr, he asked him to get up and pray. Then when they went to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Darda wasn't too happy. Mm. You know, he's just given for Salman because his brother and he was his guest. But he complained to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Can you imagine, O Prophet of Allah, Salman made me break my fast yesterday. And when I got up to pray as regular, he said, no, go back to sleep. And then he started teaching me. And he said, Ya Abu Darda, Allah has rights upon you, but also your wife have a right upon you. Mm -hmm. And your guests have a right upon you. And your own body have right upon you. Mm -hmm. So you should give everyone their due rights. Mm -hmm. 
When he shared that with the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ surprised him with his answer. He said, Sadaqa Salman, yeah, he spoke the truth. Mm. He's so right. Mm. He should do that. So he agreed. That. Why? Because he's yeah. been teaching all the companions mm. that when, when uh, Amr ibn al-As' son, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, got married, mm. on the night of consummating the marriage, look, we've been talking about the night of mm. Dukhul and consummating mm. the marriage and the rights mm. and the duties and what to do and so on. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As kept all of that because this guy, his father got him married but mm. he's doing his regular routine. Mm. Allahu Akbar and he prays all night long. Mm. And so, right yeah. before Fajr he would take a few dates. What is this? Suhoor. Why? Because I'm fasting tomorrow. Mm. And the girl, the bride, is just sitting waiting for him but he's mm. not showing any interest. When his father returned next morning and he asked what happened? She said, Ni'mal Abdullah Rabbih. How is my son? He said, she said, he's the best servant to his Lord, but he never touched me. SubhanAllah. So he took him to the Prophet yeah. and the Prophet taught him that everyone have rights. This bride have rights yeah. upon you. So, so as we as we demand our rights. Yeah. So both the man and the women yes. have the rights of the physical contact. Especially in that physical need and its yeah. satisfaction. In the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in sound hadith, if any of you happen to see anything that fascinates him about a woman who's not lawful for him, you're walking, working in the mall at work, you have a co-worker, a colleague, or mm. you saw a beautiful woman, she's not wearing hijab, and that made you desire her. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, lower your gaze, go home. Mm. Have this intimate relationship with your wife mm. because that will calm you down because you have satisfied your sexual desire in halal. Mm. Why if he comes home, but she's not interested, mm. or because she's too busy, mm. or because she smells, she was doing uh, the cooking. Mm. So the husband mm. have rights, mm. the wife have rights in this mm. respect, and both of them have to be very smart, very clever. Mm. They just understand the hint, mm. so they satisfy each so other's happens, desire. What happens if the wife refuses? physical contact. This is a hadith which everybody knows by heart. But we have to explain. Why did she refuse? Well, because she's got a headache. She's got a migraine. She's, she's banging her head again is the word. Mm. In this case, she's not blameworthy. Mm. And he has to understand that him and be patient. Mm. You know, she's sick. Mm. She cannot, she's not in the mood. Mm. And this sickness, whether it is something clinical, like mm. migraine, stomachache, or anything that you low blood pressure, high blood pressure, or if it is something moral, she's depressed, she's just mm. lost her brother, she just lost her dad, she's having a dilemma in her life. So all of that, this is, these are valid excuses, and the husband should be supportive to her during this time, not just demanding, mm. for satisfying his physical desire. Sheikh, what if the, the wife is inviting bad friends into the house and the husband isn't happy about this and he's told his wife over and over again, look, you know, I don't want this, I don't want this woman in the house. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, spoke about, in brief, about the rights of the wife versus the rights of the husband, he says, the rights, and again, he began by the rights. You feed them from whatever you eat, you clothe them, you take care of them, you deal with them honorably. Then he says, وَلَكُمْ and among your rights upon them, that they should not let anyone into your house without your permission. 
And they should not let anyone sit on your spirit or bed or couch whom you hate or you dislike. You see, we keep balance. Maybe you're having an issue with her brother. You don't want to see him. You don't want to socialize with him. Fine. So he's not coming at home. But you cannot prevent her from connecting with her brother or any of her siblings. As long as they're okay, they're good people. Only when the person becomes a bad influence and be God-fearing, be God-fearing, you do not say, oh, I ask her not to speak to her siblings because they are bad, they're wicked. Do they pray? Yes. Do they fast? Yes. So why did you just judge them as wicked? Because of something personal. No, that is not fair. Sheikh, what about, you know, subhanAllah, we get a lot of messages, especially in the West, where the wife actually leaves the house you know, without the husband's permission. And even sometimes very late at night, maybe they go to their parents' house, it's very late at night, and the husband's not very happy about this. And they keep using the excuse, I'm going to see my mother, I'm going to see my parents. Are they allowed to just leave the house well, anytime? Well, the two things of letting people in or going out should be with the coordination of the husband and his approval. Mm. Why? Because he's a man in a charge. Yani, Fatima, who's Fatima? She's the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Two incidents happened. One, when Amr ibn al-As came and he asked, he wanted to ask Fatima about something, but Ali was not home. So he came once, twice, and three times. Then when he finally met Ali, he said, why don't you, why don't you ask her directly? He said, because we were forbidden from entering somebody's house without the permission of the husband. Subhanallah. Secondly, Fatima was sick, was expiring. Abu Bakr, her father, came to visit her. So he sought permission because she was sick. Ali, her husband, said, your dad is outside. Shall I let him in? She says, after your permission. Imagine. Okay, now the husband is not misusing this power of authority. And he's banning her from going to the classes or continuing her education or going to the doctor or to the dentist or doing her hair or doing something halal. Okay? And if the husband is okay, he knows that every day she goes to the halqa. No problem. She doesn't need every day a permission and a stamp or a written statement. Okay? There is a mutual understanding. But you're traveling. You're going to another city. With whom? Oh, a bunch of my... Girlfriends were going out together. I didn't know. Well, I forgot to tell you. No, that's not permissible. Right? Sheikh, with regards to serving the husband, you know, what's the responsibilities of the wife for cooking, cleaning, taking care of the household, the children, etc., and serving the husband? I really appreciate that you've asked this question. If we scrutinize the life of the Prophet and his companions, we will find that uh, subhanAllah, all the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu were doing their homework. Mm. He didn't have maids. Mm. And his daughter, Fatima radiallahu anha, who's better than Fatima, she once said to Ali radiallahu an that my hands are worn out of grinding the wheat mm. to make the flour. He said, I know, me too, I'm really tired and I'm exhausted. Why don't you go to your father, the Prophet Sallallahu and ask him for a maid? So she went. And the Prophet Sallallahu advised them. He said, you know, go home and I will come and visit you in the evening. And when he came, he said, let me advise you whenever you go to sleep, before you lie down, 
or before you go sleep, you say subhanallah 33 times, alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar 34 times, that is better for you than having a maid. This hadith I'm mentioning in this context to show that Fatima radiallahu anha was serving whom? Her husband, Ali. Is there any woman better than Fatima? When the Prophet said, four of the best women ever from beginning to the end. Huh? He mentioned Maryam, Imra'at Imran, Jesus' mother, Asiya, the first wife. And he mentioned Fatima bint Muhammad and Khadija bint Khuwail. So Fatima radiallahu anha. And she's grinding. Why? Because Ali can afford it. If the husband can afford it, ayah number seven, Surah Al-Talaq, لِيُنْفِقْ ذُو سَعَةٍ مِّن If this nice place is my house, then you can afford to have a driver, have a cook, have a maid to clean up the house. But if I'm working here, then I cannot afford it. Then the husband and wife should cooperate. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh. SubhanAllah, very important points there regarding serving the husband, the rights of the husband, etc. And also both the husband and the wife. Jazakallah khair. That's all we have time for today, Shaykh. So hopefully we can continue in the next program. Join us next time for another episode of The Fiqh of Love. I hope you're all getting some benefit. See you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh.